I'm Natalie Heacock. And I'm Chelsea Brown. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. Hey, Charles. Hi, Nat. Welcome back. We missed you. (laughs) Thank you. I am so sorry about that. I came down with the flu. The black lung pop. <laughs> Good old the, episode, the EWP episode was so interesting. I learned a lot of stuff, especially about LVLs, which I didn't know. I didn't realize how much probably with what happened in the last two years with demand and everybody wanting to fix their homes and how he was talking about the expansion LVL beams, how everybody needed those to make their houses bigger if they were remodeling. I had no idea. I've seen them all the time and I didn't know what they were used for. Now it makes sense why everybody's on allocation and all that. So I learned so much too. And it was so crazy because right after that podcast, I went into our company's new building that we're building and there was a bunch of iJoyce. And I was like, oh, "Oh, look at all those (laughs) iJoyce. I know what that is. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we should definitely do a EWP part two with Dan. We should. Yeah, that would be awesome. So great. Well, gosh, I'm excited for today because it feels so natural. It's our other bestie. (laughs) <laughs> it's the work wife part three, Kalena Crook. Welcome to Lumber Slingers, Kalena. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you for being here. Uh, Kalena has been working at our company and with us for 12 years, which means you started in 2012. Wait, 10 years. 11. <laughs> Wait, when did you start? You said 10.5 years. 20, 2011, October 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. So math is not my strong suit. You know, mine, I, mine either. So, so we have 11 years, Kalina, 15 years, Charles, and eight years, me, right? Wow. Combined. Can you count that oh, up? Nah, I'm not the math fast. person so you bad. are. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. We don't, we don't need to worry about 33? it. <laughs> is that 33? We have a 33 year old lumber experienced child. <laughs> we do. It's a full 34. Adult. 34. 34. Full-fledged adult. <laughs> we have somebody our age in experience. Yes. Between That's, the three of us. That's crazy. Well, okay. Not to talk about math all day, but <laughs> Kalena, <laughs> much like me, actually, Kalena started as a receptionist at Patrick Lumber and grew her way and flourished, bloomed as a flower into a wonderful lumber trader. And she's our expert on Alaskan yellow cedar. And she invented inventory manages that product for us. And so we're going to dig into that and talk about Alaska Nail Cedar today. And uh, thanks for being here with us, Kalina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I was counting the days until I was a guest. So (laughs) (laughs) your time has come. Maybe we should title this podcast AYC Queen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I've only been managing the program for a year and a half, so I'm not an expert quite yet, but you know, I know enough. (laughs) Know enough to get the job done. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So let's talk a little bit. I briefly went over your experience, but do you kind of want to tell us how you got into the lumber industry? Uh, Yes. So it's very random. Um, I'm sure some people that know me know the story, but our former CFO, Mark, met my parents 
randomly one night when he was visiting the beautiful Oregon coast. Um, I grew up in Bandon, Oregon, and my family still lives there. And so he met my parents and I had just graduated from University of Oregon. And my mom basically told him that I was looking for opportunities to move up to Portland and um, gave me his contact contact information. And I sent him my resume and it was right place, right time. There was an opening for the front desk position at Patrick Lumber. And I came up and interviewed and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so very random. It's the last thing I so random. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when you came in to interview and I was like, that girl is so beautiful. And then Mark asked me a question about hiring you. And I was like, please, I need a friend. Hire her. And fun fact, when I got hired, Kalena trained me. That is a fun fact. Did you train Kalena, Charles? I actually, because I don't think I was receptionist, the last receptionist. I think we had Jessica. Did Jessica train you? No. So when my first day was Halloween, so it was end of month. It's a Monday. (laughs) Chelsea's running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Yeah. And the month was brutal for me. <laughs> yeah. And our accounting manager at the time wasn't there that day. So Chelsea had to basically like tell me how to answer the phone. <laughs> and I was like so nervous. And I was like, can you do it for me? <laughs> yeah, I do remember. I think I sat with you for a little bit. And did, I don't know yeah. why, but Mark always hired people on end of month. And I was usually the person that would train admin. And I'm like, and I worked for... Mr. King end of month, he invoices everything on end of month. And so I was always just like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I had to be like, had to do like 12 things at once, but yeah, no, I survived. You were, you were great. Everyone was very gracious with me. And, but yeah, I was, when I was the receptionist, I was doing that. And then I was helping out Mark with accounting for a while and kind of in between before we hired, hired Natalie. So yeah. And then you became a trader assistant. Do you remember how long you were a trader assistant for? I was a trader assistant for, I think like three, three and a half years. I kind of did that with a hybrid of like accounting. And then I started trading and I was still kind of hybrid trader assistant because there wasn't anyone to fill my position. And then alas, I am a trader. So I've been trading for six years now. Wow. Wow. Really? I know. Yeah. I keep Gosh. telling people I've been doing, cause you and I, you started like a year before me and I keep telling people I've been doing it for three years. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're like five. <laughs> yeah. Oops, math. Wow. I know, but I, I always say, I'm like, oh, I think like four, but I'm like, no, it's six. Wow. <laughs> six Gosh, God, it goes time fast. Flies. I know it's crazy. Dang. So yeah. besides me and Charles, what, yes. <laughs> what do you think has kept you in the industry for so long? I honestly, you know, I think mainly it's just working for such a great company. I feel like I've been given lots of opportunities to grow and be creative and travel and network and do all of these things that I probably wouldn't otherwise be able to do, not only in other industries, but I feel particularly at Patrick Lumber. I think we're just very unique and we really encourage our employees to be the best that they can be and kind of fly free and, you know, do good work and figure out what works best for you and what works best with the company. So yeah, fly free, fly free, not too free. (laughs) 
It's true though. You definitely have to be self-motivated. You have to be a self, I mean, from hiring, these are the words I always use. Like self-motivated, self-starter. You have to have your own goals. You have to be driven. It's just the way it is. And some people don't like that and that's totally fine. And then that's just not, we're not for you. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's not easy to do that. Like, you know, you're constantly questioning. I feel like I'm constantly questioning myself. Like, did I do enough work today? Did I do a good job? I mean, it's just, it comes with the territory, but mm-hmm. I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Especially being on commission. It's like, ah. <laughs> every month. <laughs> yeah. <is a> new <laughs> month. <laughs> it's always in the back of your head. <laughs> When's the guillotine dropping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. And the thing about f- being able to fly free at our company is you fly too free. Natalie makes a standard operating procedure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, details. Details. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start like, I'm going to start making it a little more fun. Like hashtag new policy alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get into Alaskan yellow cedar. Um, yes. So for those of us who don't really know much, or maybe are starting to hear more about it as an alternative product to see Western red cedar, what is Alaskan yellow cedar? So Alaskan yellow cedar, it's a Northwestern softwood. So it is only, you only find it in the Pacific Northwest essentially. And it's part of the Cypress family. It, it's usually called Cypress interchangeably actually. Mm. So if you hear Cypress, Alaskan yellow cedar, it's usually the same thing. Obviously, there's different types of cypress, but if you're talking about cypress in the Pacific Northwest, that's probably what's being said. It's very, very pale in color, aromatic like other cedars are, and it's an extremely slow growing tree. So it's like the fiber is super dense. It's probably the best example of fine grain BG you'll ever see. And very fun fact, most trees, like old growth trees, are like 500 to 750 years old. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're trying to tell me there's not people holding hands around it, singing Kumbaya? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like you can find these stands of old growth trees that are like extremely old. Dang. Which is, yeah, it's pretty wild. I didn't know so. they were that old. Yeah. But, but that makes sense. You, that grain is like, it is, it looks like butter. You can't even count rings sometimes. Exactly. So, you know, slow, extremely slow growing, extremely dense fiber. And it's, you know, it's beautiful because of that. So. I mean, in your opinion, do you think it looks yellow? Um, I've, it depends, you know, sometimes it'll look kind of like pale, but I, yeah, I would describe it as like a pale yellow or like even like a cream, like a yellow cream, maybe. I think if you're comparing it, <laughs> side by side to Western red cedar, it looks really yellow. Yeah, I would agree. But maybe not so much next to Doug fir, but yeah, it looks yeah. yellow to me. What, what do you have to say about the smell? It's very pungent. And I would say, I don't know, like particular, it kind of, it can get up in your sinuses. Like I know some people can't even mill it. Really? Like they keep, yeah. Because it's so, it's so aromatic. So every cedar is aromatic in its own way, but like some people hate the smell of it can't stand it or it like really really irritates their sinuses like they could be like allergic to it if you're driving through the forest can you tell what tree is alaskan yellow tree um i mean if you really knew your trees yeah um it's kind of it kind of looks like the top of the trees kind of look weepy but you're you're not going to actually like 
you're not going to drive through and find Alaskan yellow cedar because it typically doesn't grow. It will grow kind of on the coastal lower levels, but it mostly is found at like really high elevations. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So do we, the- I don't know if you'll know this, but do we have any in the U.S. or is it only Canada? We do. So its growth range is actually from Northern California. Oh, all the way up through like the northern part of Prince William Sound in Alaska. But the most, most of it is found in basically BC and Alaska. So, you know, you'll find a little bit in Northern California or Oregon, but it's pretty rare. Like we're not logging it from there by any means. I can't remember if you told me this or if I learned this on that big timber show on Netflix, but um, <laughs> one of the two, one of the two sources, was it, were you saying that it's not, I guess in my brain, because I don't know lumber as well as others, I just assume there's like a patch of AYC trees and a patch of like Western red cedar trees, but they're all intermingled, right? So like when you do a cut, you don't know what what you're getting. Yeah. And it, it depends on the nature of the tree too, but Alaskan yellow cedar rarely is in a stand by itself. It usually is growing with Western hemlock actually. So we'll grow with hemlock a lot, maybe like some Western red, but yeah. So when you're, you know, cutting like a section, you'll get different logs out of that section usually. Yeah. But where it grows too is a lot higher than a lot of other trees. So if you're going to log Alaskan yellow cedar logs, you'll typically get mostly Alaskan yellow cedar, probably with some hemlock. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I learned, which maybe we've mentioned before, um, is that when hemlock started getting cut, there was a lot of hemlock on the market. It was mostly because these stands that existed or the loggers that went in to cut had to cut everything, but they were incentivized by the cedar. Everybody wanted the Western red cedar. And so, but they'd bring down what came with it. It's a mixed bag, but there was a lot of hemlock getting cut because the loggers wanted and were getting top dollar for the Western red cedar. And that's why hemlock was such a great alternative, cheaper log because they just needed to get rid of it. So mills would buy it because so that they could get first pick of the cedar. Yeah. It was like an incentivized add-on, which potentially also is what happened with Alaskan yellow cedar. Um, Is Alaskan yellow cedar compared to Western red cedar, just judging by what you said about its density, is it stronger than Western red? That's a good question. I don't know if it would be considered as stronger than it's not necessarily used as a structural wood. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I would say they're probably, I mean, it's probably a little bit stronger if you did like a select structural timber, but even then, like I've never bought like, or inquired about select structural. It's usually like standard and better. And you're um, breaking that down into, you know, higher grade clears through utility. Um, just because of the usages of it. Just like judging off our sample, the samples that we have in our sample room, Western Red Cedar, if you d- you can dig your nail into it, right? It's very soft. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can do that with Alaskan Yellow Cedar. So just like from standpoint of maybe it being like used as a siding or something, it probably doesn't damage as easily. It is probably a little bit just thinking about actually like touching it. It probably is a little bit stronger because I don't recall. Yeah. We have those coasters and I don't think those dent easily. They don't. I, I would, it's definitely more dense. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're definitely poke. more dense. So yeah, you're, it's, it's probably from that standpoint stronger. Yes. Okay. 
So yeah. speaking of the uses, then mm-hmm. what is it usually used for? What's the application? So you'll mainly find it for outdoor applications, you know, siding, decking, benches, landscape usages, wood carvings. There's some door and window manufacturers that actually will use it for like jams or components because it's extremely rot resistant. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you're building a house in an, a coastal environment, like in the Pacific Northwest or even on the East Coast, they'll use that for the rot resistance. And, you know, it, it's it's a very particular species. Like you really have to like the look of it in order to want to use it. And, you know, we've you've seen our discussion on teams where it's like all these examples of the usage of it and you don't really want to paint it or stain it. You really want to just leave it natural because it's very oily. And those natural oils, if you stain or paint, can get trapped within the wood and it will actually cause it to mold or damage because of that. So ideally you want to, you know, have it on your, the side of your house and let it really weather naturally. It weathers really beautifully into this light gray color. So if you like that look and you want it to stand the test of time, it's a really great species to use. What's the coolest application you've seen or end use? Um, I, so if you... Take a look at, um, oh, glue lamb beams is another one. So um, mm-hmm. the one of the biggest consumers of Alaskan yellow cedar is Japan. And they make just amazing architectural uses out of it. So huge glue lamb beams and their construction. That's a really, really cool usage of it that I've seen. Um, another one is those um, floating homes in Belgium that Dave Palsy's guy was showing us. The siding, I just think it's a really like, aesthetically pleasing siding to me personally. It's just, Uh it's beautiful and it weathers naturally. And, you know, especially if you're using VG, it's just like, whoa, like that is nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, it's like a modern feel, but you still have like the traditional wood feel, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And we're going to use it on our deck. We are. Yep, just Exciting. gave up all my uh, inventory. <laughs> <laughs> At cost. <laughs> You're welcome, Patrick Hall. <laughs> I guess, yeah, for those listening that don't know, we're building a, uh, we're calling it Patrick Hall. We're down at our mill in Philomath. It's a, just a gathering place, place we can educate, a uh, place where uh, sales can go and plug in and work or anybody for that matter. Um, just another place for the team to meet. That's not downtown Portland, Oregon. It's going to be beautiful. Yes. It's going to be beautiful. We're obviously showcasing all the wood, <laughs> everything we that we make. Here, so. <laughs> it's exciting. So i um, curious to know what's the current climate on Alaskan yellow cedar and supply <laughs> supply wise and, and anything else you want to mention about what's going on in that world. So it's, it's tough out there as with, you know, any, especially, you know, in the cedars, particularly, it's just, it's been really tough over the past few years, mainly to just get supply. Logs are really tight and, you know, all the things that are going up on up in Canada with, you know, labor shortages and the old growth deferrals and, you know, just the standard things that everyone else is dealing with has really kind of caused a wrench in it. Um, climate. Also, yeah. And also because of where it grows, you can only really log Alaskan yellow cedar a few months out of the year. 
um, because, you know, you have snowpack and then it's super wet. And then by the time you can get up there, there's really just one time, one or two times where there's like a surplus in the market. So Ah, yeah. yeah. And it's been really cold and wet. And so we haven't seen really any logs come onto the market. And a lot of mills don't get a lot of logs. It's kind of a rarer species. So, you know, I might only get an opportunity to get two or three cuts a year maximum. And most of our suppliers are maybe only cutting it once, maybe twice a year. And then it's tougher and tougher to get the grade logs. So we sell higher grade clears and it's been harder to get the volume off of each cut to facilitate what I need for inventory. So that's the supply side. It's been tough, but you know, just keeping in touch with everybody and playing nice and buying what I can. <laughs> if you are a mill cutting clear Alaskan yellow cedar, her email is Kalena, K-A-L-A-Y-N-A-C at P-A-T-L-B-R.com. We'll leave it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jess. She no plays problem. very nice. She's a very nice person. Yeah. She's very nice and she pays you on time. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. But overall, you know, the market demand's been steady and healthy. The domestic market for Alaskan yellow is very niche. So it's, you know, higher end custom homes um, in certain markets that can handle it, like the East Coast, California, stuff like that. So, you know, people are still buying it. The price has doubled since I've took it, taken over the program. Um, it kind of rode that wave with Western Red Cedar. I don't think we're going to see prices get any higher. I think everything's peaked, um, especially we'll probably get some wood in this into the market here in like mid to late summer. So yeah, I'm hoping the run is kind of over and we can get some inventory on the ground and keep selling. I do find that some customers are asking for it as an alternative to cedar, mostly also because price. It is yeah. doubled, but it's still cheaper than clear cedar. So It is, it is. And it's a little bit more, you know, at least from our end, like readily available. Although, I mean, I haven't really had any on the ground to offer. <laughs> it's like, once I have it, I'll tell people and then it's sold before it's even on the ground. So, wow. you know, it's still, it's still kicking, which is great. Just need to make sure I have it to sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there um, any other fun facts about Alaskan yellow cedar? Well, there is a great local example of Alaskan yellow cedar here in Portland at the Japanese garden. Oh, yeah. So they did, they kind of did like a renovation project. I think it was like in 2016. And there's really great examples of like siding. They've used it for ceiling grid. They've used it for like kind of like landscaping and benches. So there's great uh, examples of that usage throughout the garden. And the best part about that is that Patrick Lumber actually supplied the raw lumber for that project. That's amazing. Do we have a plaque up there? We should. Well, you know, (laughs) we didn't, we didn't manufacture it, but we sold it to the manufacturer. So still ours. We should brand it somewhere. We still put our hands on it at some point. (laughs) We need a brand for sure. Graffiti's in now. We should just go in and write our names. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, does that bring us to rapid fire? I believe it does. Plana, I don't know if you're prepared for this. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) It's not hard. Okay. Well, actually, the first one always gets people. Okay. Okay. What's the last book you read? Oh, I I talked to you about this, Natalie. The last book I read was uh, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yes. We did talk about this. I know. And so I need to bring in my copy for you. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, I really liked it. That was the first book I've read of his and I want to read all of his other ones now. It's just behavioral psychology and I just geek out on that stuff. It's so, so interesting. It is. Yeah. You have to read Tipping Point next. Okay. That's like the next big one. Must read. Okay. Yeah. Must read. Must read. I know I'm, I'm in the middle of Atomic Habits right now, um, which is pretty good, but yeah, Tipping Point. I wish I had it. We could trade, but that's okay. Um, okay. What is the most recent thing you learned in the industry? Never underestimate the power of showing up. Oh, wow. Fire. Wow. That was a knowledge bomb. So I was just like not expecting. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, it, it's a good, it's a good reminder. I mean, I guess, I mean, I knew it, but it's kind of, I'm seeing it in a new light now. True. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, okay. Describe the lumber industry in one word. Dynamic. Chels, we should make a list of all the words that we've gotten. That is a good idea. To yeah. explain it. Be fun. I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's always something going on. There's always something changing. There's a lot of energy. A lot of events. A lot of events. <laughs> yeah. It's dynamic. It's fun. Okay. Last one. What's your favorite thing about the industry? Well, I'm sure everyone says this, obviously it's the people, but (laughs) more so like going off of that, I would say just like the stories and the knowledge that you gain from each individual that you basically cultivate a relationship with. It's just, you don't find it anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say of the buffet food at conferences, but close that gap. The, lu- the, the lunch at the keynote sessions. Oh, God. That was the worst. <laughs> oh, stuffed chicken. My favorite. <laughs> Driest chicken there ever was. Gravy. <laughs> Always One gravy. Days, they'll get it right. <laughs> Three pieces of asparagus. <laughs> Fingerling <So true>. potatoes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Remember that one time that we were at that conference and we thought that the iced tea was a thing of whiskey? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and there were people you? like chugging it. We're like, oh my God. Like, wow, everyone's you? getting down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in our defense, we were in Louisville and it did look like they were giving out whiskey. Was that in well, Louisville? They put, it, they put it in a bourbon bottle. Yeah. And they said they were going to have whiskey at lunch. Yeah. True. But remember the actual whiskey was like the little, a little airplane. Shooter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, oh, good time. Well, Kalina, you enlightened me. I see you and talk to you every day, but I learned something today. And thank you so much for sharing what you've learned being in the position you're in with Cedar and, and as a trader. We appreciate it. Yes, of course. I'm glad I was able to drop some knowledge bombs. Yes. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. Hey, we'll talk to you later. Right, see you in a few hours. Yeah. Bye. Bye.